to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. I'm very excited today to be connecting right across Life as well as everybody online. But uh, today over in Melbourne, we love you so much. So good to hear that the church in Melbourne is able to gather again together. And of course, uh, we are excited that you are excited. Of course, in the chapel up at North, we love everybody up at North, down at South. And of course, we are launching today Life West. And so, come on, why don't we put our hands for everybody that's out at Life West. So, so good. And uh, I'm just believing God is gonna do something special across all of our campuses this year. And in fact, I'm gonna ask everybody to stand one more time to their feet because I wanna get into today's message. And I love that as we come around God's Word, it has the power to change who we are. God's Word has the authority to make a shift that the enemy can't do anything about. And so we're gonna stand and we're gonna read God's Word. And I... I have been asking the Holy Spirit all week and I'm praying that today something will be deposited into your heart. So we're gonna read and we are gonna declare the wonder of God's power all over us. I'm gonna read this morning from Luke chapter six and verse 43. For a good tree does not bear or produce bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree ever bear good fruit. We've got some fruit trees up the back of our place and it's amazing the intentionality and the investment that you need to make to have a tree continually producing new fruit. We've got a, proverb, proverb, a problem with aphids and we've sprayed it I don't know how many times and yet we're still battling to see the true tree that was created by God be able to produce good fruit. Then Jesus says, but why is it that you call me Lord, Lord, but consistently you don't follow through what I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my word and does them, I'll show you which one this one becomes like. He's like a man that builds a house, digs deep, and laid the foundation of his house on the rock. When the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against the house, it could not shake it because it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. It didn't just fall but, fall, but the ruin of that house was great. Father, we pray today as we come to Your Word that this would not just be another Sunday message. Whether we're online, we're in one of the locations, we are here today to say, God, would You speak to our hearts? Would You enable me to bring the truth of how Your Word gives us insight to build a foundation? that stands strong through everything that this life can throw at us. In the Name of Jesus, Amen. Can you say aloud, Amen? Amen. All right, give someone a high five on the way down and just uh, you bless them and believe in them. Well, we're in week three. And if you haven't been in church, then what a great week to be in here because we have been looking at key foundational components 
to building a life that will weather every storm, that will see the abundance of fruit, that will not be shaken even when everything around us is being shaken. And there is a need for us, if you've been walking with God for a while, to constantly realign yourself to the right foundations. So I've got some dials I'm gonna put on the screen. Week one, if you weren't here, we talked about the first key or component to building a foundation that will keep you is to ensure that you live kingdom purposed. And the dial represents how are we doing in our life that's so busy in the 20th century of literally living with a real focus on what lasts into eternity. What is the kingdom focus degree that we are carrying? Last week, we talked about the second gauge that we need to constantly keep thinking about. Are we being Holy Spirit powered? Or is the gift or our own natural ability at the kind of source level of our life and existence? No, we were designed to have the Holy Spirit power us to take us through every shaking that the enemy could bring to us. Today, I wanna talk about the third component, which is about being personally planted. Being planted in God's house is an incredible challenge because we're in a world that seeks to drive us to isolation or self. And yet God says, no, you will not survive the shaking. You will not continually produce healthy fruit if you are not kingdom purposed, if you are not Holy Spirit powered, or if you are not personally planted. You can have faith, but not be planted. And so we're going to go to Psalm 92 and verse 12. And this is what the Bible says, the righteous, in other words, those that commit to the right way of living will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord. Let's all say that. Say that. Those that are planted. All right, that's about 50%. I want all of us to say it. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. Here it is they will bear fruit in old age. How many know the older you get, the more cynical you can become? Can. The older you get, the less fruitful as far as the things that matter can become. The older you get, the seldom you listen to what you need to hear. You see, because you've been through a lot of life, but no, they will bear fruit in old age. They will be flesh, uh, fresh and flourishing. And I today, I suppose, I feel like I'm on a vendetta because I reckon the enemy is working amongst God's people to isolate them. And we go through shakings and we begin to then question, well, God, what are you doing? And God's saying, well, what are you doing? Because you need to be planted in the house. When you understand that, you begin to discover discover, and I would encourage you, read Psalm 92, maybe 10 times this week, that planted people prosper. They prosper in attitude. They prosper in opportunity. They prosper in fruit. They prosper in every aspect of their life. They prosper. They, they will flourish in the courts of their God. Even in old age, they will continue to prosper. So often, we want to have height, but we don't want depth. Yeah. 
We, we want to see the things around us flourish, but we don't understand that God has a formula. And in that formula is that, again, personally planted shifts everything about the way that we do life. And I love that. I've heard over many years, people say to me, well, Paul, you don't have to be in church to be a Christian. Let me be very clear. Salvation is free. You don't ever need to go to church to have salvation as a gift. But you cannot fulfill God's plan for your life as a Christian. If you don't embrace being planted till you personally make a decision that I'm gonna shift my life and discover one of the key foundations that doesn't crack under pressure, that keeps me flourishing when everything else is in chaos, that I realise that not only for me, but for my children and those that I'm around, I am absolutely committed. You see, you can have this gift of salvation, but that doesn't guarantee you're gonna be a long-term Christian. In fact, if you're not planted, you're often a short-term Christian. There are many, I'm going for it today. Come on, Wes, you may be visiting for the first time, but here at Life, we teach the Word. We believe that God can meet every one of us. Today, I am literally, I'm shaken in my core as I look around Christians that have had a faith for years. And you know what? On the Christian side of their lives, they're anemic. They don't have the pulsating blood of the purpose of God about them. And so they're off on all different tangents to try and find the fulfilment they're seeking. So if you're not planted, you will end up a short-term one, you will end up an anemic one, and you will lack the ability to produce the fruit that has eternal value. See, the depth of your fruit, of your root rather, determines the quality of your fruit. Just just have a look at this analogy of a fruit tree and begin to think about it. After 40 years of serving full time, my heart is grieved often because I'm not here to judge other people, but I see that so many have drifted. They have a faith and so salvation, as long as they're right with God is a gift, but that's just the beginning. Some years ago, in fact, here at Life, I brought a friend to stage. And so I'm gonna ask if that friend could come and visit me right now. And this friend is what we call a bonsai tree. And some of you might remember Bob the bonsai. And uh, this bonsai tree is a very clear description on what I'm talking about. If you know nothing about bonsais, well, bonsais, It's a Japanese art form that was designed to mimic the shape of a full-size tree, but to keep it in a place where it is manageable. And a lot of people look at bonsais and they say, well, that's pretty cool, it's cute. It may be cute and it may even be a perfect replica apart from its size, but it gives a story that I think every one of us need to come to understand that uh, you can become a bonsai Christian. You can have a faith, but maybe today you don't even realise it, but you look like this. Oh, it's getting quiet. It's gonna get a lot more quiet as we get into the message. So what I've discovered is if 
Psalm 92 is God's Word and God says you must be planted to prosper all the way through in the purposes that God has for you and to have the strength to stop the shaking. Then the first thing I note about bonsai Christians is that bonsai Christians control the shape of their pot. It's like this is the kind of Christianity, Christianity rather that's all about me. It's like I do what I wanna do when I wanna do because I'm quite happy with that way. So in modern culture, one of the things that we've developed as people, not from God, but as people is potted plants or pot plants. Like the bonsai, it's in a plant. And we go, well, I got a faith and I'm happy to have that faith, but this is me. I like round pots, so that's what I'll decide to live like. And I like kind of clay looking pots, even though they be plastic. And it's kind of like, I'll do what I want when I want, because that's me. And God says, no, that's not the way I designed you to be because when the shaking comes, you'll have nothing. You see, because this potted pot keeps other people away from you. You you haven't really seriously had ever a discipleship talk with anyone because they may disagree with your pot. You haven't discovered that you were never called or designed to do your Christian walk alone and yet you're in a pot and people might think you're cute and there may be many other pots, by the way. If you wanna find pot plants, you go to a pot plant place. If you wanna find bonsai, you go to a bonsai shop. Because bonsais talk to each other and say, we're doing all right, we look like anyone else. And when you think about it, pot plants are very convenient and pots can be transported whenever you wanna transport them. You can put them wherever you want, but this bonsai, when you go to buy the bonsai, the owner of the shop will say, now you realise that even though it looks good and it's like a tree, there's some challenges because it's in a pot. Every week you're gonna have to soak it. Every week you are going to literally have to look after it. Every week you're gonna have to do more than you've ever done before. You see, I reckon a bonsai, when it comes to a bonsai Christian, is about somebody that maybe has a trust issue. See, I'm not sure that I could trust others with seeing the real me or we have got hidden things going on on the inside and so we've learned to live within our pot. Come on, I need a few more amens. Could I go as far as to say maybe self is still the centre of our equation? So a bonsai Christian controls the shape of their pot. Secondly, they require constant maintenance. So you're gonna have to take the bonsai, says the bonsai shop owner, and you're gonna have to soak that every week in a tub. Not only will you have to soak it every week in the tub, but every day you're gonna have to spray it. Well, the pastor hasn't talked to me lately. I've been serving so much and nobody's rung me. (laughs) Feed me, I need more. It's kind of like it's somebody else's fault, not my responsibility. Feed me, visit me. I'm not sure that I have to be that committed. 
Could I go as far as to say this? A bonsai Christian is somebody who needs constant maintenance because they're seeking inspiration but won't pay the price for revelation. See, you see, you can't produce what God wants you to produce without a cost of going deeper because planted people prosper, not potted people. Oh, it's getting very quiet. I hope down south you're alive down there. Those that are planted where? In the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. Many seasons later, the sad thing about a bonsai Christian is they live a restricted future. Oh yeah, but I'm doing all right with myself. Your gift can provide you many things, but it cannot provide you what was designed for the roots of your life to be in the church. You see, the way that the Japanese were able to keep this bonsai small was by pruning the roots and then putting it in a container where the roots could only go to a certain depth and they grow circular in motion. And so the whole design was for one plant, not for the purpose of that one plant. And so we begin to argue, say, well, there's nothing really wrong with that. The, the leaves actually on a bonsai, in most of the bonsais are the same size leaves as the one of a fully grown tree. So I'm okay, I, I'm doing all right. And yet we have the limited nutrients, you see. You need to add the nutrients constantly to it. Whereas a natural ecosystem is in an environment of reproduction and of long-term increase. When you begin to study it, it's kind of like we tend to plant these days in monoculture and that monoculture is because we can get a quick result, but then we have to spray it with pesticides because we weren't designed to grow things in monoculture, but in polyculture where things would grow together and they've discovered when you have different types of plants in close proximity, not in a pot, but in close proximity, then the disease drops off and the production increases. The enemy has always had a plan for your life and it is to keep you out of the garden. You may be watching online, you say, look, I feel a bit vulnerable today, I'm watching online. Well, I am here to say at times we can't get to church and online is a great option, but ultimately God doesn't want us to have an arm's length Christianity. It's not my word. It's not because I'm a senior pastor of a church. It's God's Word that says, if you're not planted, you have no guarantees for the future. Your future will be restricted. See, this is a juniper tree. I'm gonna put on the screen what this tree was designed to look like. This juniper tree was designed to grow to 40 metres in height. And sometimes we can look at the external height of an individual's gift, but that's not what God looks at. He is looking at our ability to be all that God wants us to be. The best seed, the same seed that was used for that tree to cause it to grow was the same seed used to start this bonsai. The difference is this is man-made. Bonsais control the shape of their pot or could I say control their response. They require constant maintenance. They need others 
and they always feel like they're not getting enough. They live a restricted future. And I'm here and I'm, I hope I'm getting this across. Planted people prosper. So the obvious question is, well, what does a planted Christian look like? Well, the first thing a planted Christian does is it grows deep roots in God's house. God's house is not just something that, oh, I think I'll go along this morning because it works with my agenda. No, they grow deep. They're committed to saying, the deeper I get, the greater the protection, the greater the supply. If you look at, again, a forest ecosystem, everyone in that system contribute for one another. The bigger the trees, they provide the shades for the younger ones to be able to grow so that they don't burn in the sun. The depth of root ultimately become intertwined with each other. And that is the wonder of being in a place where God can keep us stable when the winds come. And I love this thought and I just today am saying, what is your view of church? Because God's Word is, if you get planted, if you grow depth of root and we're planted, we're in God's house, not again in a little wee small group somewhere, no, in God's house. Because the facts are, is the deeper you go, the greater protection, the wonder of everything work to get, working together. Why? Because the depth of your root determines the quality of your fruit. And I just pray that we won't buy into what society is telling us to do, which is live rootless. Rootlessness is a real problem today. It's kind of like we're here today. It didn't work out. We're gone tomorrow. Well, I'm going to go there. I want every campus to hear this. It's kind of like, I've even heard this over the years. I, you know, I, I, I'm happy to go to church when it suits, but I just don't like large churches. Do you know what? The larger the forest, the greater the productivity. I'm not against anything small, but I do believe small things grow in the kingdom. You get your roots down, you get the right fertiliser. You could grow to have the power to overcome the things you can't do on your own. You could grow in a way you just didn't imagine could come your way if you began to realise, hey, I'm not just a church attender. I am planted in the house of the Lord because the larger the root system, the greater the, again, a greater protection against erosion and vulnerable times. Also, years ago, I discovered that in a forest, when it's working together, the roots go down and then they begin to intertwine with other roots because they get out of their pot. And what happens is even if they don't have the water or the um, liquid and and then the nutrients needed, one tree through its roots can pass on to another one. The devil don't want you to live that. He doesn't want you, he wants you to listen to, oh yeah, I've just got too much on and where's your priority? If you wanna prosper, God says, planted people prosper. They're the ones that really see the wonder of what God can do. We have such a, a moving people now. And again, just get this in the context, but you can't take a fruit tree out of the ground and reposition it in your garden without understanding it's gonna take almost three years before you can produce healthy fruit. So if you can just jump churches every three years, you'll never get to producing the healthy fruit that you. Not only that, if you're gonna jump into another piece of the garden, they have to prune one third of the roots and within 12 months, 85% of your former root system will be gone. 
It's like, well, I'm just gonna go. I've got a job. I'm gonna go somewhere else. Yeah, just understand it's God because if it's not God, you're gonna have three years which you lose. Wow. Planted Christians grow deep roots in God's house. Secondly, planted Christians, just ask yourself if you're at that point, allow the required pruning. Pruning is an interesting topic, but fruitfulness requires pruning. So let me just ask you, when was the last time you had an honest conversation with someone you trusted and said, what in my Christian life, what in my character, what in me do you see that I should change? If you haven't had that, I would suggest you're not planted the way God wants you to be planted. That's why these messages are not always easy to bring, but as a father in the faith, I'm not here to be liked, I'm here to try and discover God's truth so that we can release the future. Jesus put it like this in John 15 verse two, every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that is bearing some fruit, the vine dresser, my father, wants to prune that'll bear more fruit. There is not a time in your life where there's not needed pruning. Right now, I need pruning. I will always need pruning. People around me that I go, hey, what is it in me that needs to shift and change? And can I just say this? We seldom self-prune. Oh, I prune myself, seriously. I've never seen a fruit tree prune itself because every time it's pruned, it cries. If you look closely, it costs you to be pruned. But we're holding on to things that the enemy's going, keep them out of the garden, keep them out of the garden. And after today, I'm praying that no, planted people prosper. Planted people prosper. Planted people prosper. When you study pruning, you'll realise that pruning stimulates flowers and fruit buds. It controls healthy growth. It removes the dead branches. By the way, the dead branches in your life are the ones that bring disease. And it ultimately creates plant strength for the next level because things grow back stronger. Oftentimes, if somebody challenges us and we don't like it, we're out of there. But we needed to hear it. Uh, the Bible says a man who isolates themselves seeks their own desire anyway. They rage against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding, listening to what is needed, but just in expressing their own heart. And I look and I just pray that we as people will begin to understand there are times where a little pruning is needed and there are times where there's a lot of pruning needed. Years ago, we rented a place here in Auckland and it had a, a, vi a vine tree, a grape vine. And that was one of the reasons I said to Marie, oh, this would be great having great grapes. And yet it came to the time of grapes, but there was none apart from one little bunch, if I remember, which had about three millimetre grapes on it. It's a big, wiry, old vine. I was talking to somebody in church about it and I said, we're going away. And he said, oh, look, I, I do that for a job. I'll come and prune it. I said, great. He said, he said, it'll work. You just need to be pruned. So I went away and came back after two weeks holiday, I think it was, or three weeks. And 
The first thing I went to see is what he had done to the vine. There was nothing left <laughs> except a stub. I rang him, what the flip are you doing, man? I pray this message will be like one of those. What the flip are you going on about? But you know what? At the right season, it began to spring again. And within two to three years, it was full of luscious grapes. If you're not planted, you will not get the pruning you needed. Because planted people, they don't, you don't just find a, a tree in the forest there and then gone somewhere else the other day. It's there. We're not running from this devil. You're not going to let us go around and around the around about anymore. They are planted. The final thing about a planted Christian is this, is they add value to their orchard. See, this series is about, you want to know what builds the foundation that's going to keep you and unlock the purpose of God in you? Then you need to be kingdom purposed. Seriously, Holy Spirit powered. And you need to be personally planted. They add value to the orchard. This kingdom first mindset. It's kind of like, well, I love life. I've been a part of life now for a while. I'm really enjoying it. Yep. But are you planted? Because if you're planted, you're not just in the pot for you. you. You're actually here in your orchard adding value. We're going to go back to the dials again. And as you think about the dials that were on the screen, see each one of these dials can move. So we may be purposed in one season, kind of purposed, but we could be red line purposed. We could be powered by the Holy Spirit. We may even be baptised by the Holy Spirit, but we're not leaning on the Holy Spirit. We're not allowing Him to take more ground. We can be planted. That means we are in the soil of the house. Oh, I love it when I see people going, hey, we've been away for the weekend, but we got in at four o'clock so we could be at night service because we're in the house. And you go, well, why do you have to be in the house? Because it's not about what you just get. It's about what you will get, but what you bring, because this is the expression of God's primary expression of His Kingdom here on earth. So here at Life, we're a very, very healthy church. And you would like to think that we're at kind of like, we've really got a group of planted people, but actually here right across everybody in life, everybody that calls life home. Christians come to church about once every 2.6 weeks. So it's not a 50% commitment. It's almost just a one third commitment. So I'm in church a lot more than that. No, 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 no. Think about this. We're talking about God's way that planted people prosper. And I'm not of this kind of elk that's gonna pressurise people. You've got to be in church every Sunday. You should be in church when you're in town. Because you're coming to bring something. You're coming to look for someone in the foyer. You're coming not just to say, well, I've got all these needs, God. I'm gonna help somebody else. I'm looking for someone else. I'm gonna let my praise encourage the person next to me today. I'm gonna allow my worship to do something on the inside. And God says, you're here for the ecosystem of the forest. And when the forest gets healthy, many birds are gonna come into its branches and many people are gonna find hope and many people are gonna see a living kingdom of expression. You imagine of about the 8,000 people that turn out to church across our campuses currently, if everybody turned up, we'd be in excess of 20 something thousand. 
And it's not about the numbers. It's about the strength of display. And it's about the growth that takes place with every active, planted person. Yeah, but man, I'm just too busy. Too busy not to do it God's way? Sure, it's a lot easier online. I'm not having to go online. I think sometimes it's the greatest asset. But often online, we're distracted. I'm saying God's way is kingdom purposed, Holy Spirit powered, personally planted. And that's the way I think is the way for us to live the way that God wants us to live. Yeah, but I got involved in the church before, but the church has used me. We had some citrus trees on a neighbor's property in the place we rented. The fruit used to overhang our place. I'd sneak down now and again and get the mandarins because they were literally on our side of the fence. It's what's it called? The law of possession? Or, But I always felt a little bit guilty many years ago, maybe prior to salvation. No, it wasn't that long ago. The lady who lived there on her own, I used to sneak. One day she said, Oh, Paul. I said, hello. She says, it's okay. I've seen you do it many times. She says, I could never eat them all. Take as many as you want. I never once stopped and thanked the mandarin tree. Thank you that you stay planted. Thank you you didn't have a bonsai mentality. Thank you for going deeper for me. Thank you for doing it the right way. And because you were founded the right way, you were not shaken. Thank you. You see, I think the world is looking for an expression. We have bigger marches, collective gatherings of all different parts of our community today. But where is the church? We've got bonsai thinking. We don't realise we're on a mission to show the Kingdom of Heaven here on earth. And here's the sad thing as I wrap up. This bonsai, this bonsai was planted with the same size seed. These are juniper seeds. That that big bonsai behind me was planted with. And I've found out as I've done my study that you could take this bonsai today, lift it out of the pot. You could put it where God intended it to be put. Give it space and give it nutrients and it will resume the natural pattern of growth. And over many years, it will then become the full-size tree that it was meant to become. And all of us get to choose. Are we gonna be personally planted? Are we gonna be the leader in the group that says, you know what, we're not mucking around, we're going to church, we're in church. We're here to cause our roots to go down. We're here to value God's way. And we know as a result of that, we'll grow and others will grow and we'll become full-size trees. I think if the bonsai could speak, it would say, hey team, I got the mic now. I may be cute, but I'm sick of being small. 
I think the bonsai would say, would someone put me back in the garden? And I think it would say, please don't end up like me. Planted people prosper. I'm not talking about your natural prosperity, although it includes that, but you can naturally prosper with your gift, but you don't have what it takes to get through your shakings. You don't have the power to overcome the enemy's plan on your life until you do it in the context of together. Can we stand together? This is far more than a message for me and I'm asking everybody just to stay for a moment unless you have to go. If you're up for it, right across the Tasman into every lounge room, every hall that we're meeting in today, I I want you to close your eyes and just allow the Holy Spirit just to touch your heart and for you to make whatever response you feel to make. See, God never manipulates. His truth is straight, but He does not make anyone do anything. But I would love to feel like the family of life and Christendom across the globe would begin to value God's house the way that He values it. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We read in the Bible, come out from your homes, collectively come together, it's God's way. It provides far more for us than we could ever imagine and it does so much more than we could ever believe. And so Holy Spirit, we just pray that today we will again, not just hear a message, but we'll go deeper with this message and we'll begin to consider, are we gonna live as bonsai or as planted Christians? In the Name of Jesus, we pray. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.